Wow, this is this is crazy. This is the one year anniversary of Sunday Sessions with Rich. This is nuts. I remember when I, I started, I wanted to start this, this show and this platform and this podcast because I wanted to create like a um, conscious news channel. You know, it was enough negative, you know, crap in the news. And I wanted to create a space where people can come to every Sunday and it just gives them, you know, the wisdom and the gems and reminders of who we all are as the co-creators of our own reality. And so to see how far we've come in this journey, 48 episodes in, you know, this being, you know, the wrap up of season one and season two popping off next Sunday, like, you know, like, like, like we never left because we didn't. Like, I enjoy this shit. I enjoy putting out this content and connecting with so many beautiful souls. And this is my gift back to the universe. This is my gift back to the collective. And this is fun. Like, I enjoy doing this. And we just getting started, guys. Like, we, whew. Wow. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for everyone that tunes in every Sunday. Like, like it means a lot. Like I'm doing this. I'm doing this for you guys. Like this is like, you know, a conversation I get to have that I, you know, I love to have. But at the same time, I'm able to help people um, in the same breath. And it's it's amazing. It's truly amazing. And I'm very grateful for everyone who who takes the time to tune in and those who are listening to this, you know, later down the road i'm grateful for you too i would love to connect with you guys um if you wanted to you know send me an email Uh, my email is richard farmer at no richard farmer 390 at gmail.com so that's r-i-c-h-a-r-d-f-a-r-m-e-r 390 at gmail.com i would love to you know you know chat and discuss and you know if you guys want to be on the show as well, you know, feel free to reach out to me, guys. This episode coming up is really special to me. I was able to connect with such an amazing soul. Um, yeah, this is this episode is going to be a great one, guys. I appreciate everyone. And yeah, we just getting started, man. Sunday session with Riches for the people. We, we, we going global, baby. We going worldwide. And we go, we go shift the collective and we go help. We gonna help remind people who they are. That's the whole point of this. Let's get it. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Sunday Sessions. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you can listen in to weekly episodes. Thank you. Do you remember how it felt as a child when life felt like your personal playground? That childlike curiosity before the labels and programmings enforced on you by society. Before life told you who to be. What if I told you you've been asleep and life is a giant video game? My combos are the red pill. Would you listen? All it takes is a change in perspective. Dab with me.
Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Sunday Sessions with Rich. This platform will challenge your perspective. We will also help expand your consciousness, okay? As always, reality is a direct reflection of you, so be mindful of your inner talk. To my new listeners, welcome to the show. Super pleased to have you here. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on these weekly Sunday gems we have for you, okay? And if you can, please leave reviews and ratings. It helps my platform expand so that we can find other beautiful souls along their journey. Now, for this episode, guys, I'm really, really excited, super pleased, super honored to have today's guest. She is a architect of change, okay? Wisdom keeper author of Know the Truth, which reminds you why knowing who you are changes everything, okay? She's featured on Oprah.com, Huffington Post, Psychology Today, The Sunday Paper, Times of India, and many more. She is a motivational speaker, mother, wife, and teaches on Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul 100 team. Gordana Biernet, welcome to the show. Hi, Richard. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. And thank you for the beautiful well, introduction. I had to do the introduction right. Yeah. I had to. <laughs> you know what? This is the human version of who it's... I am. And sometimes when, yeah, when, sometimes when people ask me, Gordana, tell us, who are you? I feel like that is the most hard question to answer because, I mean, everything that follows after I am is just a mask or just a piece of who I am. How do you describe who you are? And for me, I think that the non-human version and the version that describes me much, much more correctly or honestly would be that I am all that is experiencing physical reality through the desires and passions and wants and needs of a focus point of awareness in time and space that is identifying itself as Gordana Biernat. Yeah, I feel like it is because trying to describe myself and the older I get, the harder it gets to describe myself because I feel like it's, it's like when I ask someone to describe what God is, you can't put words to it because you just pick out a piece of that or a part of it. So it becomes fragmentized. It doesn't give you the whole picture. It doesn't. It's like a uh, one yeah, puzzle exactly. piece out of the so entire puzzle. Yeah, exactly. So I boiled it down even more. And then I'm, when I describe myself to myself, I say, I am the stillness exploring movement. But you see, when I describe myself that way, I also describe who you are and who everyone else is. So <laughs> it's really, it's mind-boggling how you can play around with this. And when you go down to the essence of it, you're actually describing every single human being. Yes. Because if you, if, you, if you think about it, like, like each desire yes. creates a different mass for us. So like, before you, you know, you you yeah. was a mother, for example. You yes. know, that wasn't a mask that you wore. But that new desire, mm. that new reality that you created required you mm. to put on a different yeah. mask. Yeah, and also to see that we're using the masks. It's not about getting rid of the masks because they're a way of communication. Mm-hmm. If I would take off all my masks, I wouldn't be able to communicate with anyone because that would be too much information. It would be too much light. And that goes for every single one yes. of us. 
So, you know, when I'm out there speaking, and I, I ask my audience a question, which is, what is the most important question you can ask yourself? And 99% of people wow. say, why am I here? Which is a valid question. But if you don't know who you are, then it doesn't matter why you're here. Ooh. Yes, yeah. that's so important because it's the, the journey of life that I'm, I'm understanding is, is just the experience aspect of it. We, we place so mm. much pressure on ourselves so we want to get it right but the yes. the journey is exactly in that moment. and also if you when you know who you are if you acknowledge the stillness that is you the observer of this reality so you also know that you are the observer of the movement in this physical reality and the movement exactly. is an exactly. illusion created through you and each and every one of us a co-creation and it's an illusion, but the, the real thing is the observer, you, looking at it. So how do you describe, yes. I mean, yes. if you want to describe yourself, you have to say that you are the observer. And then you would say, I am the observer here right. exploring this specific desire or this specific need or this specific want. And all of these Ooh. needs and wants and desires are actually part of the movement on the outside. I feel like... Yeah, that brings you into that a powerful is, position wow. because you understand that you can actually choose them. Not that it's easy to make the choice because in a yes. human body, it's not always easy. But just knowing it gives you a better perspective. I've noticed a lot um, with the... So I've noticed a lot with people like to rush towards their mm. end goal yeah. instead of enjoying the journey. Um, and it's because it's, it's I'll always break it down like this. Let's say your, your, your goal is to be like the mm. number one you know, person in the world. Once you get there, you don't feel yeah. fulfilled because the journey was rushed. Those, those, many, those many segments that led to that is what really, mm. was, was, was really, what it's really all about. It's just the, the, the bumps mm. in the road, the the highs and the lows, that 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 moment when you finally made it on, or when you have when you really changed that one person's life, those are mm. the the piece to the puzzle that makes the whole puzzle that that should really be, um, um, yeah. I guess just like enjoyed and really treasured. As, as mm. if you're trying I to think that, it's that about being state. conditioned to do so. As children, we don't do this. We play, and we are in the now moment while we are playing. We can daydream. But we're enjoying the daydream as a child. And then we go to school and it all starts. What happens is that when we are in school, our ego is triggered. And it's triggered by mm -hmm. constantly planning for the future. That means that you project yourself yes. into the future, which means that you cannot be present in the now moment. And Yes, and no, that is where it steals up. your life because this continues later on when you start yep. working and you have your own apartment and everything is always in the future. And that's how you put yourself on this train where you go from one goal to another, not looking at the scenery. You just go with the yes. highest speed possible. And then yes. when you reach a goal, it doesn't fulfill yes. you. So you think, okay, so this goal wasn't what I wanted. And you set a new goal instead. Nope. What you need to do is to pull back, relax and say, okay, so what is this all about? And I think it, it, it's about 
the masculine and feminine principle within us. Our world is wired with the masculine principle, and that is all about going from one place to another the shortest way, focusing on the future. And this is good, but you have to balance it with the feminine principle because it is yin and yang here. We can't, I mean, we can't escape that there are equal amounts of pluses and minuses in this world. So we need to acknowledge the other part of the journey, which means look out through the window, stop the train, walk outside, breathe, (laughs) do something, enjoy the journey. And I, so I think that we are so, yes. so focused on this rush and forward thinking, which puts us in ego mode, always. We, mm. oh, yeah. yes. we forget who we 100%. are when we do that because we are not the ego. I mean, the ego contains our desires, so it's not a bad thing. But if we live through the ego, it's like having an insane person driving that car. We we will not like where we go. (laughs) (laughs) No, not at all. I've noticed, so I know that you are really big on Mm. perception and perspective. So seeing, I call it contrast. So seeing reality, Mm. how it currently presently is, because reality is always shifting in each each second, or or we're always vibrating Mm. different, different new frequencies and different Mm. realities to create next so um looking at Mm. something as not good or bad just looking at it from the observance Mm. okay this situation right here Mm. is okay it's probably not favorable for me and so from this i want to now experience a a different moment if i'm not happy in my life okay thank you um my reality for showing me what i no longer want so now i know what i do want for me it's always about finding the brightest side wherever you are and that doesn't mean you know Uh, total positive thinking, hiding from the truth. What I mean is when you have darkness around you, you have to find the brightest spot of that darkness. And if you continually do so, you will find bright places all the time. So it's not about fooling yourself saying, I do not have a problem, but looking at the brightest side of that problem. For me, for instance, it's like asking, Mm -hmm. okay, There is a situation that I don't like, but what's great about this? Forcing myself to look at what's great about this, and I will always find something. Uh, For instance, we've been, um, well, this, the last year hasn't been fun for any one of us. We've felt the fear and the anxiety and the push from the collective ego mind on the outside. And for me, it's been a hard time because I think, okay, Mm -hmm. so people are, losing their mind they're going into ego and that could be a scary place so if i quieten down and i ask myself okay i don't like that i can't travel i don't like that i can't hug people but what's great about this situation and i find that okay so i've stopped that means that i need to explore something else than i what i've been exploring if i can't travel in the outer world maybe i'm supposed to travel inwardly to see what can i find here and that's where the golden nuggets are when you ask yourself okay so what's great about about this where where are the benefits because the universe always works for you it will always give you a benefit, even if it's a really, really bad situation, there are always hidden benefits and golden nuggets in it. And it's your job to find it. Yes. You just have to look. Yes. And what you look for, you will always find. 
Oh, that is so true. I'm, I've noticed, um, and I'm glad you said that because I know that I look at everything that's going on as a collective rest, yes. as a global awakening. So, like the the collective mm-hmm. needed to have like a timeout or a reflection period to see what they weren't seeing before because we were so used to just yeah. the nine to five life and go go go. So now the focus is not on the outer, but going in and mm. seeing, okay, maybe I'm not happy. Some things aren't adding mm. up. My soul isn't fulfilled like I thought. Yes. What do I actually It focuses you on what you actually need to prioritize. You know, when you're in this wheel and you're running, 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 mm-hmm. you don't have time to actually ask yourself, okay, so is this a priority of mine or am I doing this for someone else? But when you, yep. when you literally stop, yes. it focuses you on what is important to me and not in an ego selfish way, but what is important to me in my life? Where am I going? What do I want to explore here? And I think that's the benefits of this. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that makes you, puts you in a good place, in a good spot where you actually have time to breathe and reflect. Hundred percent. Because I know even with this lockdown, it made yes. me want to create a podcast. Because I want to. I feel like this is my contribution to mm. ourselves mm. as the creator and the collective. Mm. So I want to do my due diligence and give back the same mm. way that you are, the same way that other um, amazing souls who have you know come mm. before us have you know paved the way for our little seed of remembering mm. who we are. Just yeah, it for me. Back. For me, it's about uh, becoming more focused on what I took for granted before and also realizing yeah. that what I, I love to hug people. For instance, when I talk to audiences yes. out there, I have a line of people that are waiting for me to hug them when they leave the venue. <laughs> And I do this, I've always done it without even thinking why I do it. And now that I'm not able to hug people, I feel, Mm -hmm. I feel almost sick to the bones when I can't hug people. And this is a really important thing for me. I realized that I'm Mm -hmm. a very tactile person and I want to be close to people. I took that for granted before. I, I, I took it for granted. Also, when I walked outside and there was a crowd, I could tell my husband, oh, no, there is a crowd. I don't want to go there. No, I don't like crowded places. I do like crowded places. I want to sit in a cafe with crowd- <laughs> lots of people. I miss that. <laughs> I miss that. I miss that. Because um, I know, because currently I'm in the UK and I'm um, working on a self-help book that's reminding people mm. who they are and just giving them the tools to, you know, remembering and, and navigating mm. create your reality similar to you and i just i miss yes. just sitting in a cafe and just typing a book or just even reading yeah. a book just those yeah. small things that but we could... that's also a thing to understand to see what you actually do love in your reality so this is a heightening of awareness yeah. in a sense now there not everybody is mm. awakening some people are falling more asleep people who are falling into the fear yes, and, yes, and yes, yes, yes. When you fall into fear, you actually do fall asleep to who you truly are. Fear is actually a signal telling yes, you that you're deviating from your from alignment. It's like putting your hand on a hot stove. Yes. In real life, you pull the hand away, yes. but we don't do that in in the spiritual realm and and mm-hmm. our 
subconscious minds. We stay in it and it becomes a way of living and it hinders you from opening up and being who you truly are. And I can see that a lot of people are walking in fear. It's like a collective fear mind out there. And then there is those who are wakening up and feeling that, okay, I know I'm getting to know who I am because we've stopped time in a sense. Mm-hmm. 100%. I know our emotions mm. are like our emotional guidance system. So if you're feeling, mm. you know, sad or angry, it's kind of like your, your body and your soul is communicating with you that you're not in alignment. You're picking up on something or you're not allowing yourself to feel and release yeah. something that's holding on to you. And so with the with the collective, because we know there's certain um, yes. systems out there that promote fear because they know that the majority of yes. the mass don't understand how powerful they mm. are and that the programming that they instill in the subconscious mind will ultimately mm. create their reality. So they use fear as a tactic mm. to manipulate. So like you said, they're going further asleep. So it's important... For what mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you and I are doing with our platforms to just even put mm-hmm. those nuggets out there and just plant those seeds for even even if it even if it triggers or yes. you know sparks one conversation. That's Absolutely, and right that direction. that is why it's so important. I know that, for instance, when I tweet because that's the space that's my space. I love to put out thoughts every day, and I know that people mm-hmm. are waiting waiting for the thoughts to come. Because it, it, it triggers a truth within them. And the truth always feels easy and comfortable and it allows you to breathe. And if you are in a fear state, those are the things that you feel uncomfortable and you can't breathe. And that's the, the, the description of fear, actually. So if you put out something that is helping people to breathe and helping them to align again, that is important work. Sometimes I don't know if it reaches people out there, but I still feel that this is my way of serving. I need to do this because there is a lot of darkness, especially on Twitter. I mean, it's a lot, it's a dark, dark place. Oh, yes. And a lot of people ask yes, me, so course. how can you be on Twitter? It's so horrible place to be at. And I think, well, yeah, there's a lot of darkness and I bring light. So that's where I'm supposed to be. Yes. You really need to be there, <laughs> yes, otherwise yes, yes, yes. it just becomes a hole, a dark hole. I I have followers who just have an account because they want to follow me. They do not look at anything else on Twitter. And myself, I've become very aware of not reading the news in quotation marks because that is just oh, predictions yes. and... and, and uh, I don't feel like it's news. It's something oh, else. So I'm not oh, reading it at no. all. I'm so focused on it, what I'm sending out and the people that are following me. I do not care what's happening around that. No. Yeah. That is so key because what the news does is just it, it, it predicts mm. and shapes a different reality for you. You had mentioned, I was listening to um, mm. your episode with uh, Chris Brock. I'm going to have him mm. on um next week's episode but i know that you were you had a you you, you described something as you see the news for example and you stay yes. they predict they project this horrible image of the world but when you look outside yeah. you see a little girl riding her bike and it's peace and it's happiness and it's like yeah i'm, I'm seeing two different contradictions like, here um, 
this I, I I've had this thought now for a couple of months brewing in my head. It's like social media create uh, an alternative artificial reality, which feeds 100%, off the 100%. fear and the attention that people give it, and it gives you this yes. alternative like yes. a reality on a screen which becomes more true to you than the reality on the outside. Exactly. And it's a scary place to exactly. be because if you only look at your phone when you're outside, if you only live through your iPad or your computer, then you are living in an artificial world. You are mm -hmm. not living in the real world. This is why, yes. for instance, walking yes. outside and looking at nature, which, by the way, isn't man-made, and you are not man-made, so you will connect to that frequency. It's a natural mm -hmm. frequency. This is why you feel good when you walk in the in the forest or when you look up in the sky because it is ever changing ever sending out the right frequency and it's like two tuning forks you're outside and you pick up on that frequency and then you send back and forth to each other and that elevates you but if yep. you're only on your on your computer this is a man-made reality and that reality is not your reality it's that someone is. else's reality it's like tapping into a frequency which is not yours and then when you are in that reality you find yourself like you're in a jungle because you can't recognize yourself in it because you created it unconsciously because you nope. used someone else's frequency not your yep. own yeah yep. that's mm. so key i know so each so for example you are yes. creating you are yes. vibrating your own frequency and i am as well but while we're in this space right now we yes. are sharing a yes. universe we are sharing a frequency and that's really key and so for someone they can see the world mm. as this dark negative place while me and you we are mm. very conscious of what we take in because we know yes. that our energy creates our reality so it's it's, it's really interesting when i see people who they they mm. they'll just relay what the news is telling them or what social media I'm like that's No, that's not a suggestion from your outer reality. That's not the right. version. You can exactly. create your own version of this. And it's the same thing when you're let's say that you get triggered by someone. To get triggered by someone means that this person pokes your ego with a specific frequency. And if you react, then you have mm. accepted the frequency that person is giving you, which means that you will create a reality based on that person's frequency, not your frequency. And that's how you, that's how you find yourself in a reality where you do not recognize yourself. Every thought, and I write this in my book, that yes. every thought is like a seed. Every thought is like a seed mm -hmm. which is planted in the quantum field. And if you are not aware of what seeds you're yeah. planting, you will find yourself in a jungle. 100%. You have to be careful what you're, yes. what you're saying. Words yes. are spells. Also, Words thoughts have power. Are, have power. And you are not your thoughts. This took me... Yes, it, it took me half a lifetime not. to get that I am not my thoughts. I am not my feelings. I'm not my body. I am the one, capital letters, exploring yeah. all of these things. I'm using my body as a tool to explore this wow. reality. I'm using my emotions as fuel to my manifestations. And, you know, 
when I look at it, there are yes. a lot of people who are very emphatic in the world. And these people are perceived mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. very sensitive, weak people in our world. And that's so wrong because if you look mm-hmm. at it, if emotion it is. is the fuel to your manifestation and you are an empath, you're the master of emotion. You are feeling very, very much, which means yes. that you have a lot of fuel, which means that your manifestations will become, will become reality faster than everyone else's manifestations. So if you know how to use your emotions, if you can balance them, if you understand who you are as an empath, you have a lot of power there. Oh, that is so key. That is. So, I want to. I want to uh, touch upon this. How I know you said it took you um, a great deal of time to remember because I, I don't like. I don't like using the word. Yes. Um, teaching ourselves yes. is just remembering what we already know before yes. we came here. We you know put under amnesia, yeah. forgetting that you know we're the divine. So when did you? When did you start to remember how powerful you are? You know, and the, it you know, went who in. You are as well? It's like a roller coaster in life. When I was a child, I kind of intuitively knew that the world in my head and the world outside were one. It was, I write about it in my book that I, I mm-hmm. one night when I was trying to fall asleep and I couldn't, and I was imagining, you know, the outer rim of the universe in my mind. I roamed the universe and saw the stars, and then I thought to myself, well, my imagination is infinite. I can't come to the, the, the rim, outer rim of it because I will only imagine more stars. So I thought to myself, I was 11 years old, so I thought if I go to the window and look outside, maybe I can get an idea of where the universe ends. So I look outside, and this is a wintry, very, very starry sky. I mean, I can see far, far off. And while I'm standing there, I look at the stars and I close my eyes and I can still see the stars. I open my eyes and that's when it hits me that the stars in the universe and the stars in my mind are made of the same stuff. It's my imagination. So I knew it when I was 11, but then I don't know. I took a detour somewhere because in my 20s, I didn't know who I was. I was trying to, you know, trying to be, to fit in, to please everyone else, to... (laughs) I actually cannot identify myself or find myself in myself when I look at myself when I'm 20. And then at 31, uh, something really important happened. I gave birth to my son. And this changed the trajectory in my life because it put me in a quest for authenticity. When I looked into his eyes, I could see perfect a perfect being, authentic as he is, beautiful. And I, I thought to myself, I cannot teach him anything. He can teach me how to be authentic because I have forgotten. So I yes. needed 10 years of my time to Whoa. pull off the layers to become more authentic. And then around, yeah, maybe 35 or something like that, I started to know who I was, but I didn't express it. And now I'm in a place where I'm, I know who I am and I'm expressing it out there and I own it totally. So it has been kind of, you know, I know and then I don't know, I know and then I don't know. But now I feel like I am in a place where I, I do know who I am. I fall asleep from time to time, but I have, it's easier for me to wake up from the illusion that I'm in.
Because this life is yes. uh, life is nothing but a dream. Yes. It's literally just a dream that you mm. can manipulate to your doing. And if you're not conscious that you can do that, someone yeah, else is, is, exactly. is pulling the for I you. mean, my son said this. He said to me, Mom, what if this life is a dream? And when we die, we wake up. And he was five years old when he said that. And then he said, boy, am I glad that we're dreaming the same dream. (laughs) And I, yes. I mean, as, as children, we know these things, but we don't know how to express them. And this is why I feel like children are Mm -hmm. a window of opportunity to explore our authentic selves. If we are present with children, they will always help us connect to our true selves. I wish people would see that yes. and treat children with the respect they really need <laughs> to be treated with. They're they're the they're the they're one of the closest things we yes. have to ourselves as the creator. Yes, and so they're so close so to the border between life and death because they've. I mean, they they, yes. they just entered this reality, and if we are not present with them, we can totally forget who we are here and for me it was like my son literally woke Mm -hmm. me up again from the deep sleep i was in in my 20s that is powerful i want to talk so it seems you you i want to talk about conscious parenting how are you um sort of protecting him or help guiding him in this in this reality, knowing everything that you know. It is truly about uh, being present with him and not allowing my ego to, you know, put smoke screens. Because a child can trigger your own childhood wounds. They know your energy and they can Mm -hmm. trigger it. And my job is to stand in my stillness and ask myself questions. Am I speaking from my deepest ego or is it the surface uh, from my deepest soul or is it the surface of my ego that is answering him right now and it's a quest i cannot you know you know you can't relax from this you have to be present in every now moment and brutally honest with yourself i mean i make mistakes every parent does the trick is to realize that you made a mistake go back and correct the mistake. And a child is always there. My son is always there open. And if I am really, truly understanding what I did and how I did it and correcting it, he will say it's okay. Because children know that you are supposed to make mistakes in this world. It's okay to do that. And if I don't do it this way, then I will teach him the wrong way of being here. uh, Children watch grown-ups and they do as grown-ups do not as the grown-ups tell them to do so for me it has become i have become very aware of my actions and reactions with him and it has been a beautiful journey because my son is 23 and he's the most beautiful human being on earth (laughs) he is so present and he's balanced and he understands himself and he understands his understands the world around him. Of course, he has his own struggles. We all do. But I feel like my communication to him is 
it is based on mutual understanding and respect always, even when he was two years old and three years old. I never saw myself as a teacher to him. I saw myself as a co-creator of his reality, and that was my responsibility. That is so... Mm. I never thought of it that way. That is beautiful. Mm. A co-creator. Yeah. That, that is what reality. we are as parents. That is wow. the great responsibility we have as parents. And for me, I did not have parents who understood this. And it took me years to, you know, oh, go back there. And why didn't they know how to do this? And why did they do that? Well, because they didn't know how to. They didn't know better. Every human being that knows better does better. And if they didn't know, my job was to stop their abusive um, behavior and not to allow it to habitually come through me into this world and enter my son. So I was kind of the portal to stop that negative energy. And it was my job to cleanse myself from it by becoming authentic. That is powerful because at that point you're seeing the the divine in everyone. So you're understanding that your son and yourself are co-creating. So you have to present yourself, not present yourself, but really hold yourself yeah. accountable for what you're yes, doing. Yes, exactly. It's my, Go I ahead. mean, I gave life to him and it's my responsibility to help guard that life until he himself can take care of it. Mm -hmm. So I am there to take care of the life that I gave to him, but I do not own him. I cannot tell him who he is and what he wants to do. That is his path, even when he's a little child. Mm -hmm. That doesn't matter that I will allow him to run out on the street and get hit by a car. That's my job, to see to that he walks mm -hmm. harmless through his childhood time so that he will become a, a whole human being later on. But I cannot change anything with him i cannot i can only inspire him if i try to f force myself my thoughts and my beliefs and my way of living on him i am doing karmic stuff there that is not good for me nor him why do you think and i've noticed this on my journey when you remind someone how powerful they mm. are, they kind of freeze up and like, no. And it's, 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 it's like, why can't we take responsibility for ourselves to say, hey, yes, this happened, but I'm also the reason why it's happening. Mm. I kind of want to point the fingers elsewhere. Yeah, I think that is the ego uh, playing tricks on us because um, when you are a child and you, let's say that you come from an abusive background and... Um, you have been ego triggered all the time, it becomes your habitual way of being. So for me, for instance, it was victimhood. I was habitually in victimhood. And if someone comes to me and says, listen, you're really powerful, I would say that's a slap in the face because that's not how I feel. It, my ego tells me, no, you're not powerful. Yeah. You're a pitiful being. But my soul knows that this is wrong. So I'm in pain all the time because I am not acting mm -hmm. through my soul. And it might take me years to understand that this person actually meant well because it felt like a slap in the face. Like, you don't get me. You don't understand me. You don't know who I am if you can say something like that. 
But the truth is, and my entire book is about this, the truth is that we are all powerful beings. We have equal amount of power, every single one of us, to create the reality that is reflective of who we truly are. Yes. I want to talk about the book, actually. So it's Know the Truth. Walk us through what, <laughs> well, what, what was know, the purpose of writing. As I said, sometimes fear can guide us and, and we, we become smaller than we actually are. And that was how I come from an academic background. I have a master's degree in art. So when you come from an academic background, you have these ideas and beliefs that if you write something, it needs to be written in a specific way. And that was the ideas behind this book. I was, in my heart, I had already written it, but to express it and put it out there took a lot of courage because I had these blocks of beliefs that told me that what I had in my heart was not good enough to put out there because of of the academic background that I had. So I started tweeting and... My husband, who is my partner and co-creator of this reality, took six or seven of these tweets because he knows me very well. And he knew that if he didn't do this, I would never understand that I had already written my book. It was only in tweet form out there. So he took seven or eight or whatever, six tweets, put them on a piece of paper, and then he gave it to me to read. And I read it and I said, but these are my words. When When did I write this? And he said, this tweet was two weeks ago. This one was six months ago. This one was eight months ago. And I realized that I had written my book only in chunks of 140 characters out there. So this is how the universe tricked me into finally getting it, that I do not need to write this book in a specific way. I need to be myself and allow that to come out in words. That is how the book is written. So what I did was I pulled everything from Twitter into my computer and then I realized that I had pages and pages of written text and then, of course, tweaking it a little bit, having, having it made into a book form and that's how the book was written. That is amazing. She's yeah. already writing yes. a book and before Here's you even another thing. What we are, as writers, we can get writer's block because there is a conception out there or a belief or it is a belief that writing a book, you need to sit down and write, write a certain amount of pages every day. It's like a work you need to do. Yeah, but that's, that's not how it works. That you see, sometimes this book is written organically. I write when I, when I have something to say, I write it down and then I leave it. I do not push myself to write more because I need an entire page. Maybe I have five sentences and then I allow that to be there, come back when I need to come back and write. And I trust that whatever needs to be written will be written at exactly the right place in this book. And that's how it worked. I mean, I had, I had hundreds of pages on my floor in this room here where I'm sitting right now. And I pushed and pulled the pages back and forth, back and forth until I, until I had the right order with them. It's because it was already written in my head. I only had to put it down on paper and allowing it to come out organically. 
It doesn't mean that you never write. It doesn't mean that you, you wait for the creative muse to come through you. It means that while you're engaged in your thoughts about reality, because your book is about creating your own reality, isn't it so? Well, if you're in those thoughts, every mm -hmm. time you have a thought, yes, write yes. it. Even if it's on a piece of paper or, or, or I don't know, in the on the ground where you are with a piece of chalk, wherever you are, write it down. Take a picture of it and then okay. use it when you okay. need it. It's not about doing it so... You don't need a structure to do it. Sometimes you can just allow it to come and trust that whatever comes will come in the right place. Wow. Um, well, thank you so much. I think it's, it's well. about understanding that we do not need to do things exactly the same way as everyone else does. Sometimes we need to rewrite them. I'm writing my second book yes. now, and I'm doing it at exact, with exactly the same method. It's not so much about what I put out on Twitter, but it's more about the thoughts that I have. So let's say that I'm, I'm doing the dishes and I have a thought. I need to stop everything, and then I write it on a piece of paper somewhere, and then I continue doing the dishes. Mm -hmm. And I trust that whatever comes, comes in the right order, and it always does. Those, those thoughts are messages. Yes. It's like you're channeling that message in that moment. Yes, and you exactly. Need, you need but I feel like trusting is a major part of this, not going back and beating myself up because I didn't write an entire page today or I wrote only five sentences yesterday. It does not matter. It really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's about trusting that whatever you need to say will be said. Because if you're focused on the writing process, you're not focused on the message. And the, mm, that is so true. Yeah, the message Always. is more important than, than the writing process. Truly, it is. I, I find that, and I'm, I, mm. I was, I'm guilty of myself sometimes of this. Yes. You, you judge yourself um, on certain things, but then you... It was, I read this somewhere, and it's like you wouldn't talk to your child that way. So, why would you talk to your inner child? <laughs> I, I, I wrote that, that in a tweet do. the other day. <laughs> that's so crazy. Wow. Okay. Yes, that's the truth. When you're the way you talk to yourself, the inner dialogue you have with yourself, by the way, it we all have this narrator, and it is the ego narrating. You have a kind part of your ego that will help you reach your goals. And then you have a mean bully mm -hmm. in there of an ego that will say, no, you will never reach your goals. And being very aware of that mm -hmm. narration in your head when it says, no, this won't work for you. Ask yourself, would you speak to a child? Would you say this to your child if the child did the same thing as you did right now? And the answer is always no. Because you need to speak to your child with, with a loving voice so that the child will understand, not be afraid, and want to try again. This is the way we should be speaking to ourselves. Otherwise, we freeze in that moment and we don't try again. That's not how we expand our consciousness in this universe. Wow, because like you like you mentioned earlier, you're co-creating with your child. Yes. And you're also co-creating yes. with yourself. So 
just like like lighten up. Stop taking things so seriously. Yeah, you didn't you didn't mm -hmm. meet this deadline. Okay. And yeah, listen to the words here. Deadline. <laughs> That's not a kind mm. way of looking at things. <laughs> it's not. What does a it's deadline not. mean? Right. Who is dying here? No one. Why are you forcing yourself to do yes. something you're not and in alignment to do? If you are in this fear of that deadline, how creative are you? I mean, you can't. You mean you can't allow yes. the creative forces within you. Of course, sometimes pushing yourself, having a a time limit on something, can help you become more creative. But putting a deadline, deadline like a flat line, we're all dying. Who wants to cross that line? No one. The, no, there's a subconscious no. block there for me. It's a sub. I listen to words very much, so I feel the energy of the words. And a deadline yes. is really not what we should be using in the language. We we should say a goal or um, I can't even find another word for it because it's your life. It's your time. You're supposed to do what you want with that time. You're also as well, you're having that, that co-creation and inner dialogue with your, with your reality. So it's being gentle yes. and careful with yes. what words you're choosing you know, to I, express. I usually say this because words carry energy with them. And I think that we're using the language in a way which is irresponsible here. I use this analogy. I say, mm -hmm. a lot of people say, I hate war. And that's a beautiful thing, would most people say, because of course we should hate war. No one wants war. But if you say, I hate war, you stand in the frequency of hate. And what does the quantum field do? Well, it connects to the frequency of hate and it gives you more opportunities to hate because that is your request. But if you say, yes. but if you say I love oh. peace, then the universe would say, okay, we have a frequency of love here. Let's connect to that. And it gives you more opportunities to love peace. So it's, a, it's an enormous difference between mm. saying I hate war and I love peace. And most people will say, no, that there's no difference in that. It's the same thing. It is not. It's the same thing. You know what's crazy? And I just have this thought as you were saying this. Similar to social media. So mm. you know when you are just scrolling or or you're just on something and yeah. then an ad pops up for that yes. thing. It's the same thing. It's literally the same thing. We folk, yes, your, your exactly. Is your it's about goes. the matching frequency. And if you do not know what frequency you're sending out, does it come from love or does it come from fear? If you do not know where the frequency originates, you will not understand how the reality out there is connected to you and this is why you would feel disconnected from your reality you would say that you are here and your reality is out there and there is no connection between them whereas in truth you are you are one and the same the 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 outer reality is a reflection of your inner world which means that you are highly connected to that mm -hmm. reality there is no there is no mm -hmm. separation between the two and the, the less you know who you are and the less you understand your frequencies, the more you will feel like 
you are separate from the reality out there, that there is a materialistic reality out there and that there is a, a, a not materialistic reality in here, so to speak. And those two can never connect. And the outer reality is the one that is controlling your inner world. Oh, major key. Mm -hmm. I know. So it's interesting, right? There, right now, yes. there is a lot of triggering going on. And one thing I've learned with doing inner work is knowing that whenever your trigger is something that you haven't addressed or something yeah. that's trying to poke your attention that you haven't properly gotten over. So if you are triggered by something someone says, okay, maybe when you mm, was a child, mm. you know, your parent, you weren't hurt by your parents. Mm. So whatever that situation is, is triggering that root problem. And I'm realizing with the um, mm. collective right now, there's a lot of triggering going on from them seeing mm. the play is mm. what I like to call it, the stage, this play. Um, and there's something about it that's triggering mm. something inside them that they don't like yes, about. Yes, absolutely. It is about angry. becoming much, much more aware of your own triggers. And this is where brutal honesty is crucial. You must understand every time you are triggered and you want to answer with either fear or hate or whatever it is that you want to answer with, you need to give yourself a millisecond to pull back and ask yourself, why am I answering this way? Because otherwise we are all triggered and that's how society looks like right now we are all in some kind of fear mode it's almost like the entire society is going through some kind of grief because we have lost our freedoms we have lo there is a lot of loss going on and of course we are in grief and grief has different stages i mean you can be in denial, you can be in anger, you can try to bargain your way out of this, you can be in sadness or depression. All these stages are different stages of grief. And I, I think that the entire population is right now in grief. When you are in grief, you're vulnerable, which means that your ego is easily poked. All the subconscious stuff that you usually mm -hmm. distract away with travel and... and, and money and and shopping or whatever it is you can't do that right now so you're sitting there with a vulnerable ego so to speak you are open to all the suggestions that are out there and, and we're all easily poked right now so my job as a co-creator of this reality is to understand where my truth is my truth is in that all i am eternal power within me and each and every one of us has that power and when we feel that we are too much in this triggered state this is a sign that we have been too much in the movement on the outside and too little in the stillness from within because when we are in the stillness from within we are able to discern what is my shit so to speak and what is your shit out there we can see sorry to use that yeah, word but yeah. that that's where the no, what's no, my shadow, no. what's your shadow, what's my stuff from my background and what is your stuff from your background and not mix those two up. And that's how we can keep peace. Yeah. I think that just realizing that the triggers are, there are golden nuggets in those triggers. They can help us realize who we truly are mm -hmm. and get rid of 
the reactive mode that we are in right now. Yes. Yes, that fight or flight. There's so many, there's so many reminders of that we are falling yes. asleep into the dream and that we don't realize until you, because I, like yourself, like you said, you have many moments where, you know, we will get wrapped up and then, then we have a step back mm. like, um, like, damn, like, I, I was allowing myself to, to, to take this serious yes. and I forget I was, I was the a The co-creator. co-creator part is really important because if you think that you're creating your own reality, your own version of reality, and you're alone in that reality, well, then you will be in suffering because there are other people in your reality and you have to take, mm-hmm. take their frequency in and you will feel powerless because you can see that maybe they're affecting you in a way that you don't want to and you feel like, why can't I create the reality that I want? But if you understand that you are the co-creator mm-hmm. of this, that you are in conspiracy with other people in this reality, that is when you can tune in, help yeah. others tune in to your frequency and help them tune in to their b- best version of who they are, that is when it becomes really powerful. When you have mm-hmm. s- several people that are, Ooh. let's say, that are vibrating on a very high frequency, knowing who they are, that is powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think that what happens with a controlling force from the outside they do not want you to see that if you understand that you are the co-creators that you can connect your power with each other and stand in that power Mm -hmm. that is why they separate and divide and show you that um, this is you are not one with everyone else this is why we have this polarization or or polarity right now going on Mm. Ooh, I've noticed that a lot what's going on so the more that mm. people become aware of ourselves the more mm. I like to say like the mm. simulation or this reality reveals itself because at that point you're mm. becoming more aware to it so it's like it's like you, yes. you see a yellow car in a row yes. or you have a yeah. yellow car now you're seeing more of those yellow absolutely cars around but but it's also it. and this is why I find it so important and this is why i preach when you know who you are everything changes why it is so important to know who you are because you see when i know who i am i also know who you are because you and i are one Mm -hmm. and the same we are the same consciousness exploring this physical reality through different vantage points which means that the essence of who you are is exactly the same as the essence of who I am. So it doesn't matter if I'm a woman and you're a man, if I am, um, what my desires are in this reality and what your desires are in this reality. This is the illusion that we have chosen to explore. But the real you and the real me are one and the same. And when you know that, you can't hate someone because you know that they're the same as you are. You're, You're one with them. They're just experiencing this in a different perception, a different yes, level. Yes, exactly. Of they have chosen a different expression, a different container of their desires. In my book, I write about the ego as the container of our desires, mm. which means that my soul pours itself into the ego 
with the desires that it wants to explore in this physical reality. And as long as I allow my ego to work as the separator of all that is, then I am in a good place. But when I think that I am my ego and I forget that soul poured desire into ego, I think that I am my ego. That is when life becomes really, really tough here. And I feel like a lot of people are in their ego mind forgetting that they're here to explore yeah. their soul through their hearts here. Mm. Yeah, I know. It's mind-boggling, wow. isn't it? <laughs> wow. Yes. This journey is so interesting. It's just, it's just a yes. constant remembering of ourselves and we're, mm -hmm. we're, we're the cheat codes. We are ultimately We are the, the ones that we reality. have been waiting for. Truly we are. That truly so we are. true. <laughs> that is so true. I want so where where I know that um so um we can find um, your book Amazon, on right. Know the truth why knowing who you are changes Amazon. everything or my name, Gordana Bjarnat, and the book pops up. Um as I said, I'm writing my second book right now. I don't know it yes it is, and it's really, it's really so exciting. exciting. I don't even know the title of it yet but it will come to me in time <laughs> yes also i'm creating to together with a colleague of mine in the u.s we are doing a course an e-course right now where we are exploring how to go back in memories to quantum jump back to memories and to heal the wounded mm. child there help it remember who it is so that we can become whole in the now moment and this has been such a joy working with that course because it's so transformative so i think somewhere in april we are going to wow. launch it so that's my closest next yes next pro, um, that. process that i'm going through right now that is amazing there's so many like your 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 inner child that you're yes. jumping back into, they're in a parallel reality yes. at that point, and so you're going back to that reality and and being that that yes. that that um, parent, I guess, or just yes. that that parental role. That yes, you mothering my then, own oh, so little daughter well. over there is has been exhilarating and really really fun to do, because you know what. I am the only one that knows what she needed in the worst moments of her life then. No one knows that better than me. There is no one mm -hmm. else that knows this. So if I go back and I give that girl everything that she needed, then I can heal myself. It's like a circle, you know. It closes itself when we do this. And, mm -hmm. of course, you, you have to go back several times because there are different traumas you need to go through. But... Just doing it once, it gives you so much joy to give that child what it needed. Uh, I feel it now while yeah. I'm speaking, how my frequency is raising because she needed someone and I am here for her right now. So it's so beautiful to do it. And, oh, I hope a lot of people will join in and do this with us because it's so, so powerful. Oh, they definitely will. We are still the kids we used to yes. be, our inner child. We are our inner child still. Never, ever. Never You're the one away. taking it care of it. And this away. is the mother or the, the parenting that we needed. We can give it to ourselves in the now moment. There is no rule 
where you get that parenting. You can give it to yourself now and it will bring you clarity in this reality. I love this. I always wrap up the show with this question. I always ask my co-host, what would your message oh my be goodness. to humanity? Right Find now? out who you are. That's my message to them. Remember who you are. You are the most powerful being on earth. Each and every one of us is powerful because we are creators of this world. We are co-creators of this world, which means that we are in a process of creating, which means that we can change it anytime we want. Just we need to speak to each other and acknowledge our power to change it. love this gordana this <laughs> was an amazing episode and i'm filled with with joy and i was i'm very grateful yeah. that we could co-create in this space and i know that our message yes our i enjoyed it so, so much it, it was so good so thank you so much richard for having me it was amazing thank you thank you guys as always you are the creator of your reality everything you think feel and say will shape things around you be kind to yourself be kind to others, embody peace, and just be the best version of yourselves, guys. As always, have a great one. Gordana, <laughs> this was, oh, I am so really, good. really I loved it. It was this. exactly the way I wanted it to be. I love oh. to have a conscious conversation. I felt like you were connecting in a, a very organic way, and that is...